Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bibles and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is June 25th, and our reading comes from Acts chapter 16. Now, let me set this story up a little bit. Paul, Luke, and a handful of other guys, they are going to prayer, and they meet this girl who's demon-oppressed or possessed, not sure which, and she's a fortune teller. So these demons give her some supernatural power, but she's announcing to the crowds, these men have come to tell you about Jesus and how to be saved. But she's following them around, following Paul and Luke around, always announcing this. And it's starting to get on Paul's nerves. In fact, it says he gets exasperated, turns around, and he commands the demon to leave her. And of course it does because we have authority over demons and the demon leaves. But the owners of this girl who were making a fortune, they were getting rich off her fortune telling, well, they're not excited about what God has done, right? They're not excited at all. In fact, they rally a crowd who beats up Luke and Paul and Silas, and they're thrown into prison. And I just want to pause and say, sometimes following Jesus costs you something. So when this girl gets free, it costs her something. She loses her job basically because she loses her power. And when this girl gets free, her owners, well, it costs them something. She's not able to make money for them, and she probably begins demanding her freedom. When the girl gets free, it costs Paul and Silas something. And listen, when we all got free, it costs Jesus something. The truth is, freedom comes with a price, and Jesus has paid the price. And sometimes, when we're doing what God's called us to do, when we're leading people into freedom, it does cost us something. But the truth is, freedom is worth the price, right? And so they're thrown in jail. How do they respond? And this is the part of the story I want to read because I think for all of us, for all of us, we find ourselves in seasons of difficulty, pain, suffering. We don't understand why this is happening, uncertainty, right? Well, how do they respond in that moment? Here's what it says, beginning in verse 25. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. You know what that means? That means they assume God's in charge of this moment. And so even though we've been arrested and we've been beaten up, we've been thrown into prison, and our future is in doubt, their perspective, what they decided was, you know what, we're in prison and there's a bunch of people here and they need Jesus. So we're going to worship and we're going to pray. We're going to lift up Jesus because everybody is listening. And you know what the truth is? When you suffer, people are listening. People are paying attention. When we're believers, followers of Jesus, and we go through difficulty, when things do not go our way, People are paying attention. How will he respond? How will she react? What will they do now? And so in that situation, when their character is tested, when they are squeezed, man, what comes out is worship. 
and it points people to Jesus. Well, there's this great earthquake. As they're worshiping and singing, there's a great earthquake, and God throws open the prison doors. Well, the jailer, he starts to panic, right, because he thinks everybody's going to escape. Paul is so secure. He's so trusting God that rather than running out of the prison, watch what he does. So the jailer, you know, he's about to kill himself. Verse 28, Paul shouted to the jailer, stop, don't kill yourself. We're all here. In other words, we're not leaving. I mean, just think about that. Paul and Silas are worshiping. An earthquake happens. The doors fly open. This is their opportunity for freedom. But when they see this jailer and he's about to take his life, they stop. They stay. We haven't gone anywhere. And he shares the gospel with the jailer. The jailer asks the question, what do I have to do to be saved? How do I follow your God? Listen, how Paul and Silas responded in their suffering was such a powerful witness that this jailer is like, man, you guys are different. Your God's different. I want what you have. How can I be saved? They say, believe in the Lord Jesus and you and your household will be saved. Now, that doesn't mean that just because the jailer trusted Jesus that the rest of his family were automatically saved, I don't believe, because it goes on to say Paul shares Jesus with his whole family. But here's what it does mean, men. Men, when we lead, our family will follow. The statistics on this are amazing. The difference between when a man gives his life to Jesus and begins to follow Jesus, the impact on that family, the difference between that and when a woman does is remarkable. Men, our family is looking to us for spiritual leadership. Well, this jailer has this impact with God. He gives his life to Jesus. Paul and Silas share with the family, and the whole family gets saved. Well, then guess what happens? Paul is so radical. I love his perspective and his trust in the sovereignty of God. Well, the next morning, these city officials show up and say, hey, you guys are free to go. Paul refuses to leave. He says, we're not going anywhere. You know why? Because we're Roman citizens and y'all beat us without a trial, threw us in prison without a trial. That was wrong and unjust, illegal. So again, rather than leaving, Paul sees it as an opportunity to take a stand to do what's right in this moment. What a powerful witness. And of course, the officials all show up and begin to apologize and encourage Paul to leave. And, you know, they realize what we did was wrong. But I just love Paul's courage. He lives, I think, with these two convictions. Number one, my life belongs to Jesus. To live is Christ. To die is gain. He's got that eternal perspective. He's met the resurrected Christ. He knows death is not the end. And so he is untouchable. I just love that. And we can live with that same eternal perspective. We are living to please Jesus. And then secondly, he just lives with this conviction, I think, that God is present in every moment. So even when he is suffering, even when he is in prison, even when he could flee, or even when he's casting the demon out of that slave girl and 
and knows the consequences are going to be challenging. In every moment, Paul understands God is present. And in this moment, I want to live to please God and let the chips fall where they may. Man, isn't that great? Let's ask God to give us that kind of faith, to live with an eternal perspective, and to believe God is present in this moment, and I can trust Him. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you so much for the life of Paul. The testimony we see here in Acts chapter 16 is powerful. And I pray that you'd help us to live with that same eternal perspective, to know to live is Christ, to die is gain. That we'd live our life that way. Paul did, and it made him untouchable. It gave him tremendous boldness and courage. God, I pray that you'd give us that kind of faith. And Lord, I pray that we would know you are with us in every moment. Lord, we're pausing at the beginning of our day today to connect with you to love on you and to be loved on by you. And God, I pray that throughout this day, we would know you are with us in every moment, speaking to us, encouraging us, leading us. Help us to see today where you are at work, how you are at work, and how we can join you in the work. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, thanks for being with me again today. Hope you have a great day. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.